This is awesome. Oh, fuck. Hey. Good to see you among the living, man. Check it out. It's the latest talent mix. Thanks, Pete. Good to see you all among the living. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Talon Mix. It is the Smallville recap podcast that is here. You know, the best Smallville recap podcast is the Smallville recap podcast that you're listening to. And that's, for the moment, is us right now. Uh, I'm Brian, here as always with my pal, Zach. Zach, I have a long-winded hypothetical for you. Yes. Zach... You're on a desert island. Oh, no. Would you rather be trapped on this desert island alone with currently no prospects of being discovered? No tools will be given with you, given to you. Or you can have all of the supplies already ready to make a raft and have someone with you. However, this person literally only wants to talk about the Zack Snyder film, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> While you're building a raft, you're like, hey, can you hand me that? And it's like, man, I and he loves it. He loves it. It is a very positive take on the movie. It's like, man, I just think it's really underrated as you're like tying together the raft. Oh, so he's a fan. Huge fan. Now, let me ask you, does he get toxic? Like, if I if I have negative things to say about the movie, does he get really toxic to me? He starts screeching and then having a temper tantrum in the water on the beach. <laughs> so I have to pretend I like this movie. Yeah, and, and it's like, will any... And he does, like, tell you, like, if you say anything bad about the movie, I will sink this raft, I will sink this raft, I will sink this raft. <laughs> okay, tell me more about the island. Like... Uh... <laughs> Is there food? Uh, is there a water source? Like, can I survive on the island? I think this is straight up the island from Gilligan's Island. So you can, in fact, also like build a robot out of coconuts. Okay. Well, then I'm, I mean, that sounds like I might just stay there regardless. It just sounds like a vacay. <laughs> there you go. Why were they that trying to get off that island? It looked like they would have. No, it, it sounds setup. better. <laughs> There's no cell service, and that can only be a plus, I think. I thought you were going to ask, like, who from Smallville would I want to be stranded on an island with? And I was like, I was going to say, obviously, Lex, because then you get another guy. You get that guy with dreadlock, the white guy with dreadlocks. Oh, right. That, Lex is two for one. But at yep. what cost? <laughs> uh, hi, if you're new to the show, usually what we do is uh, we bullshit about pop culture and what we've been watching for a little bit. And then we get into the recap of the show. This week we watched Crypto, the 14th episode of the fourth season of Smallville. Uh, that said, before we get into any of that, Zach, there's some interesting, I think, news from the Harry Potter world. I'm wondering if you've heard of this. Um, I... Keep that in. That's good. That's good. I'm going to. Um, I wonder if you're referring to what I heard, which is the the TV news. I am talking about the TV news for Harry Potter. Uh, uh real fast before we get too into it, uh, J.K. Rowling has said some really shitty things and uh, has some shitty beliefs in regards to trans people. If um. You're just like, hey, J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter can go fucking kick rocks. I completely support you. Go ahead and skip ahead. Um, so 
Warner Brothers has an so Warner Brothers has a problem, right? They have the film rights to probably the most read 4,000 pages outside of the fucking Bible, right? And I, so they, they went, they tried to make these prequel movies. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen them, but um, they may, they're making less and less money, it seems like. so. It's the, um, the first one was bad, but like the normal middling kind of bad. Like I even like at the time was kind of like, it was fine. Um, the second one is maybe one of the worst times I've ever had in a theater like that level bad like i kind of want if emily wanted to go i would go you know (laughs) um and then the third one i haven't seen um and that one's done dismal did you didn't lose the third one after that great experience with the second one yeah (laughs) you didn't want to come back for more no determined i was uh good um but obviously if you're a guy in a suit at a warner brothers fucking room of course you're trying to figure out what to do with this property because that's all there we can't do original things we have to just (laughs) hammer home rips right um until no one wants to see them anymore um so apparently the move that they came up with and of an algorithm like if they just what do we do with fucking harry potter into chat gpt this is what it would of course print out <laughs> um but it seems like they're going back to the well taking each of the books making that a season of a television doing a seven season harry potter re-adaptation for television and boy howdy i think this is a bad idea for a lot of reasons but what are your like gut thoughts well, I'm wondering because I read something about they have they have J.K. Rowling's or J.K. Rowling's approval to do this show. So I'm wondering if she has a say, like a like a contractual believe- say in what they do, because because if she didn't, I could see them doing like, well, we'll just do random things in that world, right? Right. But, I believe but, she's signing on as a producer. At least they're working with her to produce. But I know she was involved with those prequel movies. She helped write them. I think them. she wrote them, yeah. Right. So I don't think they I don't I wonder if they just can't go off and say, "Hey, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want in Harry Potter universe." I wonder if they just right. they need her blessing officially. I don't know. I don't know if that's just my thought. Yeah. Um I, I have so many like I I think this is so uh, and first off this may not happen right the way these things work is right. they kind of like say I my money is on this doesn't happen period um, but I mean I think it's so funny how on paper it's like of course this is what they're doing but I don't even think on a business decision this is the right this is the no, right I, way to go I agree I like on both points like when I was first reading the books and the first couple movies had come out, I remember thinking, oh, this should just be like each each book could be a TV show would be perfect. Um, so I can understand why they would go go to that, especially if they're not allowed to explore the universe on their own. And especially like, like in a post Game of Thrones world where everyone is still like, where the fuck is our Game of Thrones? <laughs> like, right, exactly. And uh, And I know they there's that sequel play that's the only other thing right that right right in the in the universe but 
I just feel like taking something that up till now has been a big screen experience and putting it on the small screen is a mistake. And I think it was a mistake with Star Wars. Yeah. Even though it it seems successful. Everybody loves the fucking Mandalorian. Right. I, man, I, I think it's I a mistake. Even, I think it's a mistake. I'm thinking even like very granularly of like, okay, these are stories everybody knows right everyone has read the books everyone has seen these fucking movies what's your water cooler moment for a fucking harry potter show game of thrones don't get me wrong was a popular series among fantasy readers which is such a small most game of thrones fans came to game of thrones through the hbo show you know um so you don't have your water cooler moments uh second off the what do you the movies kind of did them right it's they're right. Uh, they're pretty straight down the line like the thing you like from the book we put that in the the main point was to just we just filmed the fucking book all of the quote-unquote changes are very superficial you know like a character that doesn't really play in maybe gets excised a couple things get combined scenes streamlined but no major radical changes no so what what and, and i I think it's the kind of property where no one's looking for like a spin on it. You can't do anything with it. That would be no. new or exciting. It's no, you not, did with, it. not with not unless, you know, JK Rowling suddenly wants to do radical shit with her work. Right. But I think, yeah, there's also the problem of, you know, on the one end, the movies, which I think were pretty decent and were pretty close. I they think were, did their job. I would say did right. their job. I don't think they they're were, very good. They but. were a streamlined version of the very streamlined version of the book stories. But I think a TV show would be uh, the opposite. Would be a bloated like we're we're putting right. in filler, except for right. maybe like Order of the Phoenix, which is like fucking four thousand pages long. But um, <laughs> but but what are you going to do with Sorcerer's Stone? Is like two hundred pages. Right. Right. You make a whole it's, season out of that story or like are we gonna be with the dursleys for two episodes oh god the way these things fucking work now probably because they just make big movies now that they then cut down they'll just just be we'll be until mid-season we won't even be at hogwarts yeah right and what do you even do visually like you have to like uh you have to change things up and like but what other they, take is there on the visual look no, yeah, of they, Harry Potter? I mean, they pretty much nailed that aspect of it. Like, Which also I imagine the required new visual look would be making the very expensive Universal theme park sweat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, wait a second. I bet they love that. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know what you do there. Because like... The music, also the music is the like music. iconic. Junkie XL should come in. <laughs> give, give like the least memorable nothing. Yes. Like, no, no offense to that person. I'm sure they've done great music before, but the music they did for Batman's theme <laughs> is, <laughs> has the distinction of being the only Batman movie theme that is not memorable at all. Just can't. I gun to my head, couldn't hum it for you. And there have been a lot of Batman movie themes. Mm-hmm. Batman Forever has a good theme. 
great, good theme, good theme, not a great yeah. theme. You're right. No, I mean, it, yeah. it stands, it's, it stands, it's all, you know, stands its ground against these other great themes, but the, right. the junkie XL one. <laughs> I bet if I oh. said that to dude bro on Island, who's big, big Batman v Superman fan, he'd be like, it's purposely nothing. It's not supposed to be memorable. Okay. He's because... killed you with a rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just so interesting to me of like these corporate decisions that do make sense when you're talking about them in an investor meeting, you know, um, to shareholders like we're going to do a Harry Potter TV series and a bunch of old dudes going and just nutting everywhere in a boardroom at the same time. Um, Unless that do they have the set still built? They'll just use the same fucking sets. Come on, I know, like I know it's. Why not? <laughs> I just say it's so interesting how I think it's the dullest possible. And like, granted, I don't think there is anything else else to also do in Harry Potter. It's right. that's the other additional problem. Is oh well, these, maybe we can explore something. There's nothing else to explore. Who are these poor fucking kids you're gonna lock in for the next decade? Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, I think the only the only thing that would potentially be interesting um, if you were to go back and redo Harry Potter is animated. A big and like which is what Spielberg, I think, wanted to do initially uh, when he was eyeing it. He wanted to animate them. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I still think that's interesting. I thought he his thing was he wanted to combine the first two books and they were like, yes, no, we're and not, animate them. We're not doing that because of money. Which is so funny of like, um, of way back when those were coming out, I always, you know, like, yep, nope, the, all these books will come out and then all those movies will come out. That wasn't guaranteed. <laughs> no, right. Yeah, it is interesting to look back on it. Like, I think they made the right decision, clearly, financially and all that. But, right. Um, of being like, well, we could go with Steven Spielberg or Chris Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this well, is tough i think columbia when you're on a gigantic property like that uh spielberg is gonna make a spielberg movie and a chris columbus will follow directions you know? for sure like, yes also uh, he's 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 made expensive movies before he can bring it in on time he's worked with kids they're not right. like necessarily looking for like an artistic vision they're looking for right like, I also right. Um, I also think Spielberg wasn't like interviewing for a judge. Spielberg wanted to buy Harry Potter, and this is what he wanted to do with it. He's like, "Hey, so this would yeah. have been Spielberg down." <laughs> I mean, I, why don't they do that? Just like now that we've got the the movie versions that are faithful, it's like just get like Spielberg do his animated movie. Just like yeah, right. I, I I'm willing to bet those would be pretty good. <laughs> the uh the movies i i've revisited them a couple of times over the while uh we were in um the recovery room at the hospital they happened to be playing them all on sci-fi channel which i assume is all sci-fi channel does now is just play the harry potter movies <laughs> on a loop um and it's funny how most of them are fine fine to not great i think it's it's a lot of just like it's the book but it's a movie now. See? Huh? Right. Um, I would largely give them like, and don't worry, I, I'm, 
I'm saying this is someone who was happy to watch them all on TV that day. Um, I enjoy them, but I think they're all like C's, usually C's, except for that fucking third one, which is a fucking home run. The Alfonso Cuarón one is great and actually good movie. I have seen all the movies, but I don't think I've seen any of them more than once. Interesting. I enjoyed them all mostly in the theater, but uh, with the exception of Order of the Phoenix, which you and I saw at a midnight screening in Canada in what I can only describe as the smelliest theater, (laughs) I can still smell it in my dreams. It was a bunch of... Bunch of middle schoolers with who did not yet know how to use deodorant, which is fine, and it was jam packed. I and went to a paranormal convention in July in an armory in Ansonia, uh, Connecticut, and it was nowhere near as harrowing as that midnight screening of Harry Potter and the Order <laughs> of the Phoenix in Vancouver, British Columbia. Oh man, yeah. Oh, and it, you and I were both disappointed, as I as I recall. Yes, um, not not one of the good ones. And so, of course, that guy direct it is still. They say he's off, still directing Harry Potter movies to this day. <laughs> yeah, he just he finished he finished them. From there. um, it's time to pull Mission Impossible out of the vault. Um, yeah, right. But uh, it's. <laughs> When uh, Christopher McQuarrie kind of took over uh, Mission Impossible, I remember being disappointed that like kind of a David Yates thing was going to happen. Right. So I like different directors having to work yes. within kind of these confines. I always think that's really interesting. Um, still, like all fit together perfectly well, but like little touches that are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, Christopher McQuarrie is very good at making movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I had the exact same thing when he when he was going to direct another one. I was like, no, let's keep it going. Bring in new blood. And then Fallout came out. And I'm like, oh, this is one of the best action movies I've ever seen in my life. Okay. You can just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'll shut up. Yeah, just keep making them. Okay, go, 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 go. Whatever you, know you want to do. do. You know what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, that was what they were doing with the Alien movies until Ridley Scott came back and directed a bunch. But That's true. That's true. Really I, well, I think by the end of uh, by the tail end of that initial run of Alien movies, I think it was who's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you count Alien versus Predator, then it was like who's cheap. Oh, I half watched that. I, I think it was on Pluto at one point, and it was the middle of the night, and I just like I haven't seen this, and you know me, I'll watch anything i will watch some i've flipped through like this is fucking crap <laughs> yeah it was the whole it was freddie versus jason all over again where it's like oh this is what we thought we wanted for like 20 years but right, turns out, right. there's not much to do once you get there and it's alien fighting a predator right right turns out a predator fighting an alien is a lot like a human fighting an alien only with different weapons i don't know I will I will defend uh, whoever wins, we lose is maybe one of the greatest movie taglines of all time. Ape Zach's making the Zach's making the perfecto yes. hand oh, signal. Fantastic tagline. Unfortunately, it's a big lie because the predator teams up with the humans. So if the predator <laughs> wins, we win. But A plus marketing department. As a guy who's worked in marketing yep. for a long part of his adult career, great tagline. Yep. Got butts and seats for sure. 
um, I had one other thing I watched this week. I I watched a lot of things this week, um, but uh, man, I watched Cabin Fever 2016. Uh, <laughs> this it, okay? So Cabin Fever is a movie I want to say from like 2002. It's Eli Roth's debut movie, um, a movie that I would never accuse of being good, but was a certain DVD staple in the suburbs in the 2000s. And like everybody had it. Everyone had seen it. I liked it when I saw it. Um, in 2016, they pretty strictly remade it. It's just, look, we, we made Cabin Fever again. Why? Did this, go, did this movie go in theaters? It was a theatrical release. How come I don't and remember? It bombed, it bombed big time. So uh, the the Cabin Fever 2016 remake has a whopping coveted zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> a fucking fat goose egg, which is funny. Of uh, it's not that bad in a vacuum, right? Like it's competently made. Everyone in it is fine for this kind of like high concept horror movie. And I think in a pure vacuum, this would be somewhere in the 40s to 60s on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, the original fucking movie score. Yeah. <laughs> they made a couple of, like, little changes of, like, the characters are, like, a little more likable. There is... I don't know if you've seen Cabin Fever. No. Um, there is a uh, scene in it that uh, is a little dicey on the consent uh plane uh that they've made to make unambiguously consensual in this movie um that's progress. it progress <laughs> we're measuring progress by cabin fever remakes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but man i gotta say one of the one of the issues with this very ill-advised thing uh is Cabin Fever is a nasty, mean-spirited little fucking movie. It's a nasty fucking movie. And kind of sanding the edges off of it was like, why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. Why the, why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. Um, it's literally, they literally started from Eli Roth's script. He has a fucking co-writer credit on it because they used his script. What? It's just like, were they going to lose the rights if they didn't make a Cabin Fever movie or something? I'm wondering if it's that. I'm wondering if um, these are the little mysteries I'd love to explore. Did you do, yeah, did you do any research? Like, it's you can't because no one cares. Like, no one cares about this thing or remembers it exists. So no one has. No one's asking the questions that I am at six a.m. when I'm feeding my screaming daughter. I'm like, why is this? Why is this? <laughs> Um, I wonder if uh, they were like the plan was to do like another sequel and then they kind of got in over their heads and were like, mm, fuck it, take the original script. We'll just do that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I that also one. wonder um, in 2013, they remade Evil Dead um and they kind of did like a straight they kind of took like the goofy college movie Evil Dead and made it a more straight like down the line horror movie and it's pretty good i think it made okay money i wonder if they were like that what do we have but that but evil that, dead that was, was like, good though also like, evil dead was like 30 years right. after the original and right. also evil dead was like a big a franchise apart from just the first one 
Right. Whereas no, wait, cabin no, fever. I, I think cabin it's an afterthought kind of like, what do we have that we can do that we can chase this with? But yeah. that said, I don't think Evil yeah. Dead that well. They didn't make a sequel or anything. Like, <laughs> well, that's coming out. Evil Dead Rise though isn't related. That's kind of to the quote unquote original continuity. Oh really? It's not. It's not related to the remake. I think it's mostly standalone anyway. But um, hmm. it is uh, no. It's not related to the remake. Interesting. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Weird. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get to the bottom. I think. <laughs> Why the fuck they remade Cabin I Fever? Think that's a Patreon episode for for yeah. us. Just me with a fucking. I haven't seen my wife and child for days. My office yeah. is covered in like red, red string. Yeah, exactly. I have to know why. You got like a photo of the producer just like in his house. Like you're just like in the bushes taking a picture. What does he do with his little life? <laughs> Papyrus. Yes. Exactly. Um, oh, so boy. I watched. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Honor Among Thieves. I think we'll talk about that. I think I'm seeing that this weekend. Yeah, yeah you're seeing this um, weekend. What are what are your what are your broad broad thoughts? The broad thing is it's uh, Chris Pine is charming. That's my broad. Great, great. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's fun. It, yeah. it looks like a modern movie. Is my my big criticism, but sure. Um, but I, I, had a, I had a good time. We uh we have a sitter Saturday night. I think that's the one we're gonna go see. I'm looking forward to my expectations are pretty tempered of like I'm gonna have a beer during the movie and have some popcorn and hopefully it's some fun. Yeah, I I think you won't be disappointed in that if your expectations are that exactly. Sure. Um, Great. <laughs> and I'm sure you'll pick up on things that I didn't because I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. But. I have made my entire personality a game from 1974. <laughs> and people do keep asking me what I think about it. And I'm like, I don't know. I'll get around to it fucking eventually. It's a fucking yeah. movie. I don't care. <laughs> no, it's we fun. Should, for ahead. Patreon, we should eventually do the 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie, which is terrible. Oh, I thought you were going to say we should do a Dungeons and Dragons Smallville uh, we oh we absolutely should play the small the official Smallville role playing game for Patreon. Wait, there, I forgot there was a Smallville role playing game, and it was like pretty well received when it came out. It's uh, I not to get too into fucking role playing games, but like it's a little more complicated than I enjoy. But that was okay. the style at the time it came out. Um, but yeah, we're definitely maybe that'll be a Patreon thing. That might be big enough. That might just go onto the main feed. I don't know yet. But and don't take a chance. Get, Subscribe to the Patreon. We have to get all of our previous guests back to yes. be a part of it. Yes, um, that'll be that'll be fun. We're de that'll definitely happen. It's not. It kind of. I want to line it up more with it coming out in where we are in the series, okay, which yeah, is a yeah, little more. Sense. Seven, eight, nine. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Okay. So maybe maybe we'll get impatient, but <laughs> no, 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 no. That's great. That's something to look forward to. Um. So, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. What else? Um. And then I watched a movie from 1964, 67, something like that, called The Train. Uh, John Frankenheimer. It's a thriller. It's really good. Um. It's about the Nazis trying to take a bunch of like 
priceless paintings back to Germany when they're retreating. And it's about the French trying to sabotage that. Uh, good. Solid movie. Thumbs up. Fun. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I I hadn't until recently. I heard about it on a podcast. Cool, cool, cool. This is uh, Brian, this is why I am getting higher scores on the box office game than you are because yeah, I hear about these titles on podcasts and then they pop uh, real up fast. So remind like, what what is, what is the box office game? The box office game is an online game. Uh, that you and I play separately pretty much every day. Uh, how to describe it? Basically, you you it, it picks a day, a random date between now and when they have kept track of the box office. Um, a weekend, sorry. Mm. Um, and it'll say, you know, you have to guess what the top five grocers were from that specific weekend. And the only hints you get are the studio. Uh, the amount of money it made that weekend, the amount of money it's made up to that point, and how many weeks it's been out. That's the only information you get. You can get hints, but those cost you points. Um, so out of 1,200, was it 1,200 points is the total? I believe so, yeah. The maximum possible points. My highest score is like 11-something I haven't touched the we it's uh so Emily and I played together. It's I I turned you on to it. I think I told you about it on the podcast. Yeah, you <laughs> a couple did, yeah. episodes back. And you were like, uh, uh give me the link to that. Yeah. Um Emily and I usually play it like while we're making food or something, like around lunchtime, we play it together. Um, so it's worth noting you handily usually win. Not sometimes they're close-ish, but it's that's Emily and I together. So me set one of these times I have to try to do it myself and like see how I would you stack guys up. Usually beat me when it's uh like late aughts, early tens. Sure. You guys do a lot better. I don't know why, but I was checked out or something. But it uh, happened, you know, it's like I, I've had off years on movies, you know, off yeah. couple of years. Uh my absolute fucking sweet spot is when I get like 2004, 2005, 2006. That's when like I when I was working at a movie theater as a teenager, I can probably tell you not only what the movie is, but what song is in the fucking closing credits. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, today we got a 2004 one, but maybe that was before you started at the theater. Because you said you didn't yeah, do... there was today. There were uh, Mr. 3000 starring Bernie Mac. I don't think I'd ever heard of um, not in the theater. <laughs> wasn't very good um and then oh man every now and again you get a resident evil movie and right. here's and you, you have to go through all the titles sound the same it's that's the thing and there's no like i was willing to bet from the year 2004 i could guess that it was like resident evil 2 right but none of them have numbers in them. It's yeah. all Resident Evil Apocalypse, yeah. Resident Evil Retribution, and like you just gotta fucking. You know what's funny? I knew I knew the same thing. I was like, it's gotta be two, either two or three, right? But I was working at Blockbuster, and I think I remember the cover, but I couldn't remember if it was Apocalypse or Extinction because both of them mean basically the mm. same thing. Mm. <laughs> 
Um, um, and, and then we, the fun thing about that game is once in a while you get a movie where you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that movie has vanished from history. Like yes. today we got Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, which I saw in theaters. Zach, hold on to your asshole twice. <laughs> Brian, I saw it once in theaters and I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. And then I made my mom go see it. Um, <laughs> it's my mom was in ta- was in the city today um, because uh, she has a grandchild now and she just camps outside of my apartment door like <laughs> <laughs> she lives three hours away. Uh, well, that's going to come in handy at some point. It's a, truly, but like. <laughs> <laughs> baby give me baby uh, <laughs> you're like mom come back when the novelty's worn off <laughs> um but we were playing while while she was uh over today and um it's number one was sky captain in the world of tomorrow which i got I mean, like jude law science fiction i'm like sky captain in the world of tomorrow and uh my mom was like i've never heard of that now was like woman <laughs> I made you see it with me in 2004. That's awesome. You know, it took me it took me Gwyneth Paltrow to get that that was uh Sky Captain cuz it cuz it was like it said like mystery thriller then science fiction right. and I was like wait. But I fully I, forgot that movie existed and then as has back. America. Yeah, I, I don't know did they ever know? I don't think it made. I think it was a. Bomb. I was surprised to find it at number one, but it was yeah. September. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should probably talk about Smallville, right? I guess so. That's what the people want. That's what the people want. Surprisingly, people who come to this Smallville recap <laughs> podcast aren't Fuck super em. interested. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon. Fuck you. <laughs> Coming out strong as a heel. Oh my god. Yeah, but well, you're not even on Red Kryptonite. <laughs> you hit him with your car? Actually, it might be fun to have a dog around. I was thinking of calling him Crypto. Fresh new Smallville on the WB Wednesday. Uh, all right. Crypto is the 14th episode in the fourth season of Smallville and the 18th episode overall. It aired on February 16th, 2005. I'm, of course, reading directly from smallville.fandom.com and the hardworking strangers who compile very detailed episode synopses that we just read thanklessly every single week. And then just Uh, like throw shade at constantly the hard work the people these people did this work for free and then two fucking adult man chuckle fucks (laughs) you misspelled a word right yeah oh really wiki yeah (laughs) yeah um this is the uh this episode is of course crypto this is the crypto the super dog episode um, I'm playing currently the theme to Crypto the Superdog, a weird cartoon that you shouldn't look up because it's weird. Crypto, crypto, the super dog, crypto, the super dog, 
and we're back. That was weird. Are you really gonna put? Are you really gonna put that song in, or is it just yeah. gonna be? It goes <laughs> crypto, the super dog. Crypto. <laughs> crypto would, of course, also start would be played later by Dwayne the Rock Johnson of all people. So Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Bud the dog. I think that this dog's name is Bud. I'm pretty sure. Yes, I've read that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those, yeah, those are the two uh, major crypto the super dogs. Gotta say, I wish Bud the dog was in more movies than The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a small town grocer is robbed. A small town grocer is robbed by two dogs. <laughs> A black Rottweiler and a golden retriever. <laughs> I guess so which the way, one the bad one is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the way this actually opens out up is two guys pull into like a parking lot and they're like, it's go time. And then we actually see the two dogs in the in the store. And I'm trying to like put together like did the did the dudes become the dogs? Is this gonna be like a were dog <laughs> episode? Is smart. We are like season four. Are we already doing fucking where is crypto a were dog? <laughs> what I like is that it, it after it starts with those two guys in the car, it cuts to inside the store and the grocer is like counting the till or whatever. And he hears the door open and he's like, Hey, how's it going? And he looks up and there's no one there. <gasps> and he looks around and then he sees the dogs and he relaxes and he's like, Hey, fellas, my question is, he was. <laughs> He's like, oh, the dogs opened the door and walked in here. These two dogs with no leashes. That explains it. Right. Hey, fellas. That was so... uh, I had a party a couple of years ago. Um, actually, many, many years ago at this point. Um, and uh, it went pretty late into the night. Lots of inebriation taking place. Uh, and uh, my buddy Eli did not know that I had a cat, apparently. Because um, in the middle of this party, my cat comes wandering out. And Eli has a full, like, where'd this fucking cat come from? <laughs> and you know what? I think for a moment, he lived in a beautiful world where a strange cat just came into our apartment. Showed up to party. the party. Just showed up to the party. And you know what? I want to live in that world. Have I told the story on our show of when I woke up one morning? Okay, I don't think I did. I don't think so. Um, Used to live in this apartment. It was on the second floor. Uh, In the summertime, there's no AC. So we left the the door to our back patio open or balcony or whatever. Mm Because no one can get up there. And it's just cool at night. So one morning I woke up and... I'm just, you know, half awake, enjoying this summer morning. And then I feel a rustling in my bed. <laughs> and I look down and there's a fucking cat in my bed with me. Made itself right just at home. It, just hanging so out. That's, so that's just your cat now, right? <laughs> I I gently put him outside and he found his home. I'm sure he went where he belonged. That would just be my fucking cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so one of the dogs attacks the grocer with the force to dent a steel door while the other opens a safe and takes the money out. 
it is revealed that the dogs answer to two teens, Zach and Josh Greenfield. They collect the Rottweiler, the Rottweiler Hercules, and the money. But the retriever, whom they call Einstein, runs away into the night. After getting kicked out of college, Lois Lane is on her way to move back in with the Kents. Back in is a strong word. She only just stayed with them for a little while. Um, she hits something in the road and gets out of the car, horrified to see a dog. It seems injured, so she collects the dog and takes it to the farm. She had a funny line there. She said... Um... You're going to be all right. Everyone I've ever hit was all right. <laughs> Man, that's a gr- I missed that. That's a great line. Yeah, that's funny. Very Lois Lane line. Um, the Kents wake up in the middle of the night to see that the dog has snapped its chain and broken into the house and the refrigerator. Lois tries to explain that she was going to take him to a vet, but he seemed fine. She chained him up as she moved her things, but when they inspect the barn, they see a wooden post completely shattered. That is not a load. A post does not count as broken farm equipment, correct? (laughs) Um, It is part of a literal farm, but it's not equipment. It is structural damage. That's different. yeah, you're right. Yeah, I was gonna say if the if the chain broke, that's we a good can count. That, but the chain didn't break. Right, right. Um, I, I just want to I want to say roughly at this point in the show is when we have like not the opening credits, but the credits afterwards that just appear on the screen slowly. Mm. And when I saw a special appearance by Jane Seymour as Genevieve Teague, I I audibly went ah. Seriously, it's not seriously. No, no shade at Jane Seymour, who I think is great. It's not her fault that this character is nothing, and this storyline is nothing. And I didn't keep... think it was possible for this storyline to hit further lows, and yet uh, here we are on the episode Crypto. Talk about story... treading water. Oh my uh. god. <laughs> um. I meant to ask, I, I didn't realize, um, I didn't think to pay attention to it. Erica Durance hasn't got become officially like main cast yet, right? She's not in the intro yet. No, I think it's next season is when she becomes. Got it. Got it. Um, okay, so highly allergic to the dog, Lois goes back to bed, and Clark reasons that he will stay up and do his farm chores so that he can use his powers without Lois seeing. At this dog... point, he says that um, Lois has already re-recorded their answering machine, which which is psychotic behavior. That's actually psychotic. Just that's not we've crossed over from cute and silly to like this is a problem. We're not gonna do that, Lois. Already <laughs> did. Um uh okay the dog observes clark's super speed as he repairs the post in the barn um is this the first like significant animal work in an episode of smallville i can't think of another one where there's a lot of horses i guess horse riding horse riding 
I have to wonder, like, okay, we're going to do a dog episode with two dogs. Surely the, a director of this episode was like, fuck, why the fuck did we do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are some long ass fucking days. Yeah, probably. I've I've worked with animals in the past and we didn't even need them to do anything. We just needed them to be. And it was a long fucking day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yep. As someone who works with animals and I don't even need them to be on camera. <laughs> I can tell you they don't cooperate. Yeah, nope. Nope. They got their own fucking plans. Yeah. They don't even know they're this dog doesn't even know he's on TV. Are you there? You're there? I'm there. I'm back. You're Am back. I back. You're back. I just saw it go like, oh, you're offline. Fuck. <laughs> it was just for a second. It was just All for right. a second. Um, right. Okay, Hopefully. quick quick thing. Clark is looking at the dog, and he goes, oh, I found a microchip um, under his skin. We should go get that scanned. And Lois isn't like, how did you find how, the how'd microchip, you fucking, How did you fucking Clark? find that microchip, buddy? He doesn't ask him. She doesn't even bat an eye. And the writers just think they can just get away with that shit, and they're right. Because no one gives a fuck. You, it's like <laughs> no you wouldn't even do the line like he probably has a microchip. Right. Yeah, exactly. A thing that's reasonably common for dog owners. <laughs> you have to be like, I saw it. I found it. I fucking found it. Right. Yeah. He has a microchip. I I, <laughs> I know that because I have x-ray vision. <laughs> the next morning, Chloe brings Lois's mail to her, meets Clark and sees the dog. Clark explains how they got the dog. She asks about Lois and him. Hang on. Hang on. Clark explains how they got the dog. She asks about Lois and him. Okay. Clark complains that he can't be himself with Lois. Chloe notes that he can be himself with the dog now and mentions she is also here. Wiki. Thank you for writing all of our show notes for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, oh, man, I got to tell you, speaking of that, I got to tell you a thing I did. I've been playing around with chat GPT, just fucking around. And I was curious, like uh, I did type we might fuck around with something uh, for comedy purposes on Patreon uh, this month. Uh, but uh, I typed in like generate notes like bulleted notes of the plot of and i i tell you know an episode of smallville and it did it did generate concise notes on an episode of smallville that did not exist it took it just and that's i think part of the ai thing it just made up an episode of smallville like that it was like this isn't slip, what happens in the episode do we just slip that into our recap one time just like there a made-up episode that the wiki did <laughs> and then maybe there's some sort of prize for someone the first person to get in touch of like that episode didn't fucking happen <laughs> yeah because most of our listeners have never seen yeah. this I think there is a one print only Talon Mix t-shirt that goes to the person. (laughs) That episode's fucking fake. So we'd need ChatGPT 
to come up with a or we'd have to write it, which I don't fucking want to do, like would have to write a full synopsis of the fake episode as the wiki. Right. Can you type that in chat? The thing <laughs> GPT. It, the thing is, it often won't say it can't do it. It'll just spit out something whether and it'll just be like this. It's like me at any job I've had. I'm like, is this good? <laughs> and then if they don't get yelled at, like if I don't get yelled yeah. at, like, all right, <laughs> chill. Chloe goes to find Lois and Clark ties the dog to a tractor, but the dog pulls through it, uh, it through the fence to the front yard. Is this broke? Because the tractor's fine. The fence is just fucked. But the fence also has to be structural, right? Yeah. Yep. That's not equipment, I don't think. Uh, Clark realizes there is something different about the dog and uses his x-ray vision to locate an identification chip under its skin. Lois and Chloe come out from the house and see the tractor and dog. Lois is very surprised. Chloe puts on a show <laughs> on a show that she is surprised too, but tries to protect a secret, whatever it might be. All right, Wiki. And after this is, this is the, the rough wiki, wiki wiki entry. The wiki they're, is they're going us, in knots here. They're giving us lots of details that we don't About need. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, and after wait, okay. Listen to the sentence here. Chloe puts on a show she is surprised to, but tries to protect a secret, whatever it might be. And after that goes away and okay wait are there commas in there uh but tries to protect a secret whatever it might be comma and after that goes away okay i see now it it read to me as like protect a secret whatever it might be and after that goes away right now i can't even now i can't even fake read it and how i read it initially (laughs) but no um, that's a that's a rough sentence it's rough uh, but that's part of the fun here on the talent mix. Uh, I say as most people fucking turn this off. Uh, sometimes I check the analytics and see the listening data and I see sharp drop off points and I go, I wonder what I said there. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay, Clark tells Lois that they can probably get the chip scanned at the vet. So after arguing over what to call him, him being the dog, they take the dog to the vet. The Greenfield brothers are running the shelter, and Lois notices that the dog growls at them and is reluctant to go with the brothers. So we got to stop here. Yeah. It's not the vet. They take him to the shelter. Um. The guy, one of the brothers, the guy working at the desk, his name is Zach. Mm-hmm. A, someone who works at an animal shelter named Zach. Just want to point that out. Zach, if you were to come at your shelter into uh, possession of a kryptonite super dog, how quickly or at what point do you think the idea of crime would cross your mind? <laughs> Never, because because training a dog is really fucking hard. That's really fucking hard. It'd probably just be easier to do crime yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. That sounds like so much work. Plus, like, I'm not. They would tear up all my shit. 
for sure. I have cats. I can't. I can't deal with that. Um, so this yeah. guy, a super so, dog, doesn't seem more effective than a ski mask and a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just more work. <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry, you were so, sorry. So they come into this animal shelter and they're like, hey, we found this dog. We were wondering if you could scan it. And Zach, animal shelter worker's Zach, says, <laughs> uh, I guess, like, this is a weird request that he's never gotten before. <laughs> At an animal shelter, like no one comes in every day and says, can you scan this animal for me? That's pretty much the job. It's also you don't shelter. recognize this dog and you can't be like, oh, that dog is here. Right. <laughs> that fix your whole thing. And they'd be like, OK. <laughs> um, and then when he goes in back to talk to his brother, his brother is clearly Canadian because he says, uh, Tamuro. Yeah. <laughs> Tamuro. Tamuro. <Yes. laughs> oh, Canada. Oh, <laughs> Canada. Um, this is a total tangent. Um, do you remember? Um, get ready for this sentence. It's not the first time we've said this on the show. Uh, after 9 11. Uh, <laughs> The numbers just went. <laughs> um, do you remember that song, that cheesy ass song um, that was, uh, and I'm proud to be yep. an American. That guy also released a song uh, for Canadians. And it's just saying, I'm proud to be a Canadian. Nah. It's exactly the same, but it's about Canada. No. Yep. 100%. You can look it up. It's fucking um. real. That song is called God Bless the USA by, I think, Lee Greenwood. And it came back. It came out in the original Gulf War. Got it. I, I, David Cross did a stand-up bit where he talks about that. And he's like, then fucking 9-11 happened. 9-11 remix. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Dark. Dark. Yeah. Um, there is a Canadian version. Um, I guess I guess maybe it was probably pre-9-11 then. Maybe it was... <laughs> though weird weird very just weird. weird just weird just like just mad libs your country title in it's fine yeah it's there you not... go um okay so they scan the tag and the owner comes up as luther corp zach muses that it must be some kind of lab dog and offers to return it zach this was not the move <laughs> No, <laughs> Zach, no. you could have told them, oh, my God, that's my dog. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they would ask zero fucking questions. <laughs> Zach is not the brains of the operation. Clearly. No. Uh, so Clark doesn't want to leave the dog there. So he asks Lois to take it back to the farm while he goes to talk to Lex. But the brothers make him leave his name and number. Zach reports that Einstein has been found and is at the Kent. No sense. <laughs> is there another wiki we can use? <laughs> I just know I'm talking about Smallville now. Oh, Once okay. again, this dog you've been using for crime. Why do you call Luther Corp? Why? Wait, 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 uh, wait. 
They're calling Luther Corp. Zach reports that Einstein has been found and is, oh, sorry, maybe. To his brother. Okay, got it. To his brother. Got it, See, got this it, is got wiki. It, this it. is wiki issues. This is wiki. This is Smallville's got it. <laughs> That's right. Zach, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, what's Genevieve Teague up to? Yeah, we're all can't wait to get to that. We got a couple paragraphs where we get to fucking Dr. Quinn medicine, witch. Um, <laughs> Zach reports that Einstein has been found and is at the Kent farm. Hercules is locked in a cage and Josh antagonizes it. Oh, he's mean to dogs. Not good. Uh, the brothers talk about how Josh used to work in a Luther Corp lab and he used a kryptonite injection to make super dogs. They make plans to get their dog back. I'm just trying to figure out the chain of events that happened here. He worked at a lab mm -hmm. where they helped make the super dogs. Mm -hmm. Okay. How do we get from there to they work at the animal shelter? Unclear. I don't know, Zach. Like, How do people start working at animal shelters? <laughs> no, but I'm saying, did they? Did he say, oh, I would like to train this dog to be a bank robber. Um, maybe he'll show up at the animal shelter, so I should get a job there. Like, what's what is the animal shelter thing just totally unrelated? Just like that's his area of expertise. So, how the fuck do we find someone from the Smallville writers' room who can just serve as a fucking consultant? <laughs> right, we just call them every time we have a stupid fucking question because Talk like, we not have answering them. Talk Talk like, not answering these fucking those questions. Cowards, those cowards would not answer our simple questions that we called and asked them. <laughs> those cowards who Which, we both are huge fans of <laughs> huge fans of and granted some of those questions may have been drunkenly screaming about draft day <laughs> that was a whole that was your brother that's a whole different thing i don't speak for him <laughs> but like we need we need oh, so we need someone who worked on the show in some capacity to be a line in on this show. So, hey, if you're listening to this, if you know anybody who worked on the fucking show and no, wants to be a resource so on, for us. On Talkville, um, when they have a question like this, Rosenbaum will sometimes text Al Go or Al Goff or whatever his name is, and he'll give them some little tidbit about behind the scenes. <laughs> so, like, our equivalent would be, like, the caterer or something. like Anybody, yeah. <laughs> If you, I mean, if you worked on Smallville in any capacity, <laughs> any capacity for any amount of time and want to be our consultant, the answers don't have to be right. <laughs> oh, uh. fuck, dude. Um, Okay, Clark goes to question Lex about Luther Corp's experiments on dogs. They have an uneasy conversation in which Lex says that his father had a number of unsuccessful side projects. One of them did indeed involve making super strength dogs with meteor rock injections. Um, so this scene starts once again with Lex uh, breaking in pool. Like... <laughs> It's we should right. have kept track of those. Next time through, we're keeping track of Next that. time through. Um, okay. So, but 
and this is I'm reading directly from the wiki here, but he had the dogs humanely destroyed. <laughs> Lionel. Um, he asks Clark if his dog is acting unusually, indirectly saying so that if so, it would be a liability for Lex. Clark says that the dog is perfectly normal. Yep, no, I, anyway. I'm just, I didn't come to talk about that at all. I have to go. <laughs> There's a lot of weird tension between the two in that scene. They, they're, they're relationships at a weird point. It's, it's like, I like, feel like even the writer's room maybe doesn't know where Clark and Lex are at. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cause, cause Clark comes in and Lex is like, Clark, great timing. I'm just about to break. Grab a, grab a, grab a stick. And Clark's like, we need to experiment on dogs. And then Lex is like, I don't think that's any of your business, teenager. It's, are they, so clearly there must be like regular fucking like pool and Xbox hangout sessions that we just don't see. Yeah, because we only the, see the tension. It's, if, Zach, if the majority of our friendship was me busting into your house and just like, what were you doing on Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> you probably wouldn't want to be butts, right? No, especially if you were a high schooler <laughs> and I was a billionaire. I'd be like, get the fuck out of my house. I don't care if you saved my life once. So there must be pizza yeah. and xbox sessions totally. there it's must like be. I, every weekend they are having the time of their lives <laughs> and then we just happen to see them every couple of weeks have a little fight right 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 show us show us a hangout sesh episode come on <laughs> give me that episode um Clark says that the dog is perfectly normal. Back at the farm, Martha and Jonathan argue over whether Clark should keep the dog especially after it cracks the dining room table in half. Cleaning up that night, Jonathan is attacked by the super strong Rottweiler. The golden retriever saves Jonathan and the two dogs growl at each other until the Rottweiler hears its calling whistle. It runs away and the retriever chases it, chases it away, but returns to the farm. You work at an animal shelter. Uh, so I'm just going to say a thing that you probably already know. Apparently, to break up a dog fight, lift up the hind legs. Throws them off the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? The fuck, the fuck um, was that? The I'm trying to find a dog that? here. Um, did, did the wiki go over Genevieve Teague's first scene, or are they just saving that shit for the end? Uh, you know, it's... I, I'm scanning now the whole... I think we get a meanwhile on Genevieve Teague. Okay, and then I'll save uh, because, it. I have, I have some some notes. Oh, it seems like all of Genevieve Teague, uh, that whole storyline just gets fucking bumped to the end here. Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's fine. When's the last time Lana has shared a scene with Clark, the main character of the television show? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a rough stretch. This has been a really good season. But this is a really this is a Hall of Famer bad storyline in a good season. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it has first it has separated the characters that we love from each other. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, we have Lois and Clark, which which helps a little bit. But uh, like, Lionel, like John Glover must have been doing a play because he's been gone for weeks and weeks. Right. 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 
doing some real acting, not just coming in and being Brian. amazing at six yeah. out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> John Glover is the best on this show, giving it medium effort. This is John Glover's home for dinner every day and loves this fucking gig. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh. He comes in at the end of this episode for two minutes. And he phones it in from Japan, and he he knocks Jensen Eccles out of the fucking water. And I like Jensen Eccles, but he's just he just comes in and is like, "Oh, um, can I just destroy you right now?" Jensen Eccles, I I I like Jensen Eccles. I like Jensen Eccles on this show. Well, I liked him earlier in the season on this show. It's not his fault what's happening with the character. It's absolutely, absolutely. So like, but there is an element of like "Mm, everything I'm saying is silly, and John Glover just wanders in like that doesn't fucking matter. We're getting paid. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a great way to put it. I honestly think. Like he had, he was fun in the beginning of the season. He had some dynamics. It was interesting. And now he's just been stuck in this fucking storyline. And you can, he's just like, oh, how many times do I have to have this same conversation? Same. And, and, and then you're right. John Glover comes in and is like, I don't care how much the same it is. <laughs> um, we're getting paid and I'm going to kill it. If the check's fucking clear, Jung Lover's here on set. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my only hope is that we get Jung Lover on someday. Ten minutes. Ten <laughs> minutes. I don't care if we have to ambush him at a con with a Just fucking like, portable recorder. Outside his house. Jung Lover. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan warns Clark that he probably shouldn't get too attached to the golden retriever because if it did indeed attack the grocer, it will have to be put down. I I like that Johnny K is also like, oh, what, what happens when Clark goes off to college? I'll be the one taking care of it. And it's like, <laughs> you have a fucking farm, bro. You worried about one more animal on your farm? Seriously. Well, yeah, like, oh, I'll have to take care of it. You mean, like, you do the chores now at the yeah, farm? Yeah, right. What What um, do you take care of on the farm, Jonathan <laughs> Kent? I think, I think maybe your son who's Superman. <laughs> Honestly, up your plate. it would be silly if you had a son who was Superman and you did any work on the farm. Right, just like, hey, can you go handle that thing in two seconds? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I don't break my back out there with my heart yeah. problem, just like working my ass off in the fields. But why are you doing anything? Your son is Superman. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also love here. Uh, Clark gives a. He said the the next sentence here in the wiki is this upsets Clark, who insists that the retriever is a good dog and just needs a chance, which he specifically is like. He's like, hey, you adopted me. You didn't know. You thought like I, I could have been dangerous. Yeah, but like Clark, you weren't an adult who wasn't punching people to death. Right. Yes. Now, and as then, it so happens, this the golden retriever wasn't the violent one. They were just course, retrieving this. The but good. they don't know that. They don't no. know that. No. The so argument... they haven't heard reports that adult Clark Kent is punching people to death. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's not the same. Um, if a dog has a history of attacking people, uh, that's a real dangerous thing to bring home. Yeah. 
Um, man, uh, do you want to hear a positive dog thing from from yeah. my life? Uh, it was very, very, very worried about my dog and my daughter. Uh, my dog has been uh, a difficult. Um, you know, he's a shelter dog, and it's it's been a rough couple of years with him. He took it's been a lot, a lot of training that doesn't really take. He's been really, really difficult. Uh, so the last couple of weeks of the pregnancy, um, and then the first couple of weeks of my daughter being home, he's been at my parents. Um, and we were really, really, really worried about what would happen when he came home. He's been a fucking angel. Wow. The best he's ever been. Like I would say on a good day, on a good day here normally, he's a C plus. <laughs> like that's a good fucking day for Mikey. He's been since he's been home, straight up A plus. Hell yeah. He's been great. Which yeah. I was not fucking ex this was the last thing I expected. Great. Last thing I expected. He's been nailing it, which awesome. is wild. Go Mikey. So, Fuck yeah. Positive dog news. I I didn't think I did not think it was gonna work out at all. And I don't know if he got like a sixth sense about it, but he has been perfect. That's great. That's um, great. So so good on Mikey, man. Oh yeah, Mikey. Uh don't fuck it up. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Lois and Clark go to investigate the vet's office where Clark finds a map and a schedule for Luther Corp's payroll. He figures out that the brothers are going to rob an armored truck. No, sorry. Stop. Mm -hmm. That's not quite what happens. <laughs> Clark finds a binder from Luther Corp. He opens it up. He looks at it for approximately three and a half seconds. And he says, oh, they're going to hit an armored car at this time. <laughs> Was there just a sticky note that said, we're going to rob an armored car at 3 p.m.? Like, I mean, how do you how do you communicate your crimes? <laughs> He opened this. The binder was like three inches thick of notes and stuff. He opens also, it and is like, "They're gonna." Can he read in super speed? I I don't see why not. But I have a more pressing question. I did not rewind to see. I flagged it. I meant to rewind, and then I didn't. Did the binder say secret plan on it? <laughs> Zach. I think on the spine it maybe said secret plan. No, what do you know? There's no way. Stop. There is no way, but Zach, I saw it. Well, we have and to go like, back I think and that's find a secret out. plan. Okay. Well, I'm gonna find out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> secret uh, plan. Stop it. That can't I be think, real. I think it did, man. Uh, <laughs> figures out the brothers are going to rob an armored truck. He tries to distract Lois so that he can super speed and stop them, but she insists on driving them slowly and carefully. Clark uses his super hearing to locate the brothers. I appreciate Lois call, being the first person ever to be like, no, what, what do you mean? You're going to just go on foot. <laughs> that's like not calling That's him not out. faster, Clark. <laughs> No, yeah, what the hell? Why would you run there? That's insane. No, let's go. Um, Yeah, no, there's some fun, the, like the Lois stuff, Lois being at the house is a fun 
because especially since Chloe knows now, right. now having Lois like in such close proximity is such a fun way to is a fun new complication, new drama. Um that is uh diluted in this episode by some genevieve fucking teague stuff <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i don't know how much they exploit that new wrinkle but it could have shame. been great shame uh okay so they see the two brothers robbing a security truck with the dogs in their van subdued in cages with kryptonite liquid vials on top lois goes to help the security guards and clark climbs into the van to free the dogs he opens the retriever's cage, uh, but as Einstein jumps out, the vials smash. He falls ill from the kryptonite, and the van drives, uh, drives off with Clark and Hercules in the back. The boys eventually, st- uh, the boy, the boys stop eventually to switch cars and discover Clark in the back. Einstein has followed the truck. They lock Clark into a cage and prepare to blow up the whole truck. But the golden retriever jumps in and pulls Clark to safety. Just reading action beats that aren't that interesting. Um, I I like that they find Clark in the back of the truck and he's paralyzed from kryptonite, but they don't know that. And they don't, they're not like, yeah, right. (laughs) They're like, I don't know. Let's just put him in this cage. Like no question. Like, what this fucking guy? What's this fucking guy's problem? (laughs) Yeah, why is he just staring at us? Usually, there's a like ah the yeah the meteor rocks. Now I'm just like fuck this guy. Like put him in the cage. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I don't know if you know how hard it is to lift and maneuver a two hundred and twenty pound human being. Stuff. Like, I'm assuming Clark doesn't weigh two tons. I guess he could, but just He's like Superman. Pick, picking him up and moving him into the cage would have been difficult. They could have done mm. it, but that's a that's a that's a project. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Um, okay, Clark knocks the brothers out, and Einstein saves the other dog as well. However, it is trapped by the flames, so Clark jumps back in, and despite the kryptonite is able to rescue the dog and super speed out just as the truck blows up. Yeah, suddenly the kryptonite wasn't a problem. He literally yeah, right now. He couldn't move at all. But then Is it a <laughs> Is it like picking lifting a car up off your baby or something like Something like that. Like can the adrenaline like eventually kick in? Is it like a like I don't fucking want to move right now, but if the truck's going to fucking explode. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's a good theory. Um, oh, by the way, car destruction. Car destruction. Finally, it's been a while. God. This season's been uh, pretty lacking in a lot of our tally points, so I'm excited to get back on the board. Right. Well, they, they traded out car destruction for uh, 20-something skin in this this season <laughs> right right this Which, is you know what? Our... It's an okay trade yeah this is <laughs> our only third only our third car destruction of the season wow That's wow pathetic. we've just been in genevieve teague land uh, uh genevieve teague exploding counts as a car wreck if we ever get there i have no idea how the storyline goes that could that could be where this goes um Clark takes the dog back home where the vet gives him a clean bill of health. Uh, 
this is where the the vet asks, like, what are you going to name him? And Clark says, I'm thinking crypto. Like, that's not an insane thing to name a dog. <laughs> like, well, especially if you're assuming that no one knows what kryptonite is, because it's not like right. Superman the comic exists in this world. Right. And we don't have cryptocurrency yet. <laughs> Right, that takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah, like the closest word is cryptic or like tales from the crypt. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are we? Clark is a big tales from the crypt fan. Also, uh, Lex shows puppets. up. Lex shows up in this scene, and the vet just leaves. Neither one says hi to each other. Just like real rude. <laughs> like, you can't say hi you to the vet, that. Lex. You can't introduce yourself to the fucking vet. Um, so yeah, Lex comes to collect the dog, but Clark says it saved his life and he intends to keep him. Lex overheard Clark saying that he wants to name the dog Crypto. And Lex is like, what's that about? What's yeah. that? And Clark is like, mom, ah! so you, you know, you can't name the dog this. If you're going to be like, um, ah! every time anyone asks like, Hey, why'd you name your dog? Something that fucking weird. <laughs> hey my my deep dark fucking secret that like i'm so terrified i've ruined like personal relationships trying not to let anyone know i'm deeply afraid of yeah. what will happen if it gets out what if i alluded to it a little bit by yeah. naming my dog what's in? your dog's name alien meteor boy <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> superpowers. Um, no, no, no. Clark's real weakness is getting a dog. That means, uh, Clark is delighted when <laughs> my dog's name is Heat Vision Boner. Oh, Clark is delighted when Jonathan allows him to keep him. And Martha suggests Clark name him Shelby after a dog she owned as a child. Why did they name the dog Shelby? Well, Clark says, or Lois says, you can name your next dog Crypto. So I wonder if the implication is that this is was the that a real... Nietzsche line? Was that a Nietzsche line? Yes, yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. Oh fuck! I didn't even put that together. Oh, fuck! That answers a couple of my questions. Fuck! So the, I didn't the, even notice that. The implication is that this isn't the real super dog that he one day will get. Right. Fuck! I didn't even put that together. Uh. I wonder if that's fuck. just like to appease the fans who are like, "That's not how super dog." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know it's I, I was a little bit thinking of it as you know this era of the 2000s where we were embarrassed by comic books right right uh and I'm not clamoring for a superman movie to like incorporate crypto or anything no. but like even even going into like the nolan movies uh, starting in like 2005 it was a little bit of like how do we adapt the silly thing and right. make it something a little more well that was this, that was realism is the whole, wrong word but that was smallville's whole thing too for right a, right for a while 
um like we'll take the silly comic book thing and make it a little less comic booky right um and I, I kind of like thought maybe that's what we were doing here of like, no, crypto's not a th this is crypto in this universe, quote unquote. Um, but no, you're right, there's a Nishi line there, which led me to um they put crypto in a in Shelby, sorry, in a red towel. And does that count as a Nietzsche image when clearly this will not be crypto? Ooh. because mm. i think because don't get me wrong don't get me wrong it's an on-purpose illusion yeah i think so i think it's it's yeah but does it count as a nietzsche thing <sighs> and is there a difference <laughs> unless we can confirm that this is not super dog which i guess we can't um shelby's gonna be sticking around for a while i do not yep. remember shelby whatsoever i thought maybe this was and we i thought maybe this was a dot 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 and we never see shelby again oh, no, shelby, shelby comes sticks back. around yeah. yeah shelby comes back shelby's their dog shelby's um, like the chicken the duck and friends he's, he's there when they want him to be right right um but uh my actual like why the name shelby do you think there's a reason? Do you think they just liked that for a dog's name? I don't know. No idea. I'm scanning. Oh, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Uh, I, I'm just scanning through the, the Shelby wiki. In the comics, Shelby was the name of one of the dog Clark Kent grew up with on the Kent farm. It is from the fucking comics. That he had a dog named Shelby. Son of a bitch. Wow. Son of a bitch. What a poll. What a deep poll. Yeah. Good way to go, Smallville Riders. Wow. All right. Are you ready for uh, uh <laughs> Okay. I you read the Genevieve T thing because I have to pee. Just read it. I'll be right back. <laughs> great, great. Uh, meanwhile, Genevieve Teague questions Lex on his motivations for hiring Jason. You might, uh, these are the same fucking bits from the last couple of episodes. Uh, she asks Lex to hire him to keep him away. She asked, asked uh, in past tense, Lex to hire him to keep him away from Lana, but is sure Lex is using Jason to find the stones of power. She asks Jason to leave with her, but he confronts her about the orchestration of his and Lana's relationship. Genevieve reveals that she knew of Lana's connection to Isabel Thoreau and that their ancestors were responsible for burning Isabel at the oh stake. Oh my gosh, you're still going. <laughs> I had I had some little inserts in the middle. Oh, okay. uh, she goes on to reveal that Isabel vowed, oh, we got a whole paragraph after this. Uh, Isabel vowed that she would one day rise from the dead and kill all of Gertrude's heirs. I once again, I've compared this before. I run a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons sometimes involves a little storytelling. Um, and no, don't get me wrong. I'll come up with things. And then like, I figure them out week to week because it's just a dumb fucking thing I'm doing with my friends while I drink beers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like that's the approach they took for this television show. <laughs> for, for this storyline specifically. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, 
couple notes for things you talked about. Um, that first scene with Genevieve, uh, Lex has a funny line where he says, you should get together with my father and write a parenting book. <laughs> and they do this great thing where Genevieve is like, don't you want to know how your father... My your cat, cat just playing. went. Yeah. Oh, shit. Don't you want to know how my how your father got his conviction overturned? And Lex says, I, I'm choosing to believe these reforms. So the question of his guilt or innocence doesn't matter to me anymore, which is the writers going like, don't fucking worry about it. Shut up. We're dog. done. We're done oh, with yeah. that. That was weeks ago. We're done. <laughs> no, shut up. Shut up. Don't ask that question. We, did, we thought we could come up with an answer, but we didn't. So We're also like in uh it's 2005 dvds are probably just being yeah. taken seriously as a way to like re-watch a show yeah so it is like an a very genuine element of like we're not gonna fucking get deep into this this isn't gonna be a major part of the show we gotta right. move on yeah like yeah. it was a different way of writing television i'd argue better in some ways but in some ways, um, but they're doing this thing. It's a trade-off. Like, they were like, "We need to get Lionel out of prison. How? We'll we'll figure it out. Let's plant these seeds. We'll kick the football further down the." And then they just are finally like, "Oh, you know what? Maybe we just don't have to ever say." Right. It doesn't it's matter. funny how I feel like I'm I'm learning about the structure of writing these shows through rewatching it this time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's mm -hmm. when I was watching it the first time in Vancouver on your DVDs, it was like, this is the show. This is this is what happened. <laughs> now I can see the gears spinning of like, and right. we gotta spend a little time with this. And like I can see right. the pieces of it in a way that's very interesting to me. Interesting uh I got a mess up I caught. Genevieve Teague says to Jason, We're Gertrude's ancestors, Jason. That would be descendants, not ancestors. Wow. Wow. Good fucking catch, dude. <laughs> That's kind of an embarrassing mistake. That's pretty bad. I didn't notice it. And even like you said, I was like, oh, oh, I'm willing to bet season 11, the comic book series, which we're going to have to read after we finish this, because uh, the animated series is not coming. Um, you don't know you don't know james gunn and michael rosenbaum are friends <laughs> okay that's a good point um but uh <clears throat> the comics did all sorts of like i think bending to make things uh though i doubt they <laughs> i guess i doubt that one offline that they uh, but if if it was embarrassing enough to become an internet meme the comic books would have done bend over backwards to make it work time travel time travel time travel uh, or genevieve teague was just high when she said it <laughs> look we've all made that mistake uh, you get too high and you forget how time works uh lana sees them talking but when jason doesn't offer any details of the conversation she asks chloe to research his ancestors chloe tells her that she could only go back as far as genevieve's grandmother and the family comes from the french village of river de french land 
That's a lot of fucking syllables here. Or fucking consonants. Look at a new French land. I remember that episode of Friends where Phoebe tries to teach Joey French. <laughs> That's what that looks to me. A a yeah. <laughs> That's me. Uh... <laughs> Lana reveals to Chloe that this is the same village her ancestors are from. Jesus fucking Christ. As well as Isabel Thoreau's. Uh, Chloe proceeds to tell her that Genevieve's grandmother is the one who moved Isabel's tomb uh, into the church from Paris. Um, Emily was coming out of our bathroom. Uh, and then back towards our bedroom, crossing with television in the process. And after she hears the line, she turns back to me and repeats, why would anyone move a witch's tomb into a church? And then just went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Not sold on this show yet. I love, my best that, efforts. I love that she does seem to be following somewhat from what she overhears. Like, yeah. she's still like... She's still keeping track of of certain plot points. She probably knows what's going on more than we do with this fucking storyline. I, um, I think it'd be hard to be more lost than I am. Uh, she, the writers are lost. Everyone's lost. I was going to say, but you don't care the least. The people who care the least were the writers. Lana wonders why anyone would move a witch's tomb into a church, and Chloe says the only way to find out is to talk to Jason about it. Lionel shows up looking great. He looks great. Uh, The little glasses, the short hair. John Glover looks hot here. He's a good looking Uh, dude. Lionel warns, good looking dude. Lionel warns Jason not to trust Lex and gives him a copy of the map on the manuscript, which looks straight out of fucking Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's the well, episode. So um, Lionel in that scene is reading a newspaper, and I really feel like they missed an opportunity to have the newspaper be the torch. I just feel like if Lionel was still fuck, reading that the torch. That would have been funny. Just still, still keeping up with the torch. I just that would have been fantastic. Low key, that would just be funny, and they should have done it. <laughs> uh, the actual ending of the episode might be the corniest one yet in Smallville, which is like Clark playing frisbee with a dog while there's a some needle right. drop. Oh, I love that shit though. <laughs> love that shit though. Um, the needle drop is uh, so the featured music this episode is Anandine by Speechwriters LLC, which I've never heard of and I don't know where that is in the episode. Uh, and then that cheesy Clark playing with uh, Shelby out in the yard with a frisbee, which, oh, little crane shot. I think it's good. I love when they do that. That's a uh, give a little bit by the goo yeah, goo dolls. A little bit. Uh, I, had a, I had a big goo goo dolls phase uh, I in the 2000s because like uh, I was lame. <laughs> I don't like that song, but they have a lot of bangers. They have a lot of hits. It's, I mean, oh, don't get me. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's a terrible fucking song. Most of the Goo Goo Doll songs, I think, are fucking terrible. No, I love there's them. Some, there's uh, some great Goo Goo Doll songs, like great late oh, 90s. Of course there are. You're talking to a guy who had their entire like 2000s discography. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I can say it because I think I love them harder than anybody else. <laughs> Um, cause I have terrible taste in music. Um, 
So uh, we got some notes here. I'm just cold reading through them now. Uh, on the shed, Chloe drives past to meet Shelby. There are three garments hanging in the Superman colors. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> Lois is driving a silver GMC Envoy with the logo on the grill inexplicably blacked out. Inexplicably? <laughs> I think it's pretty explicable. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> That's how brand new <laughs> Wiki did not do any research. Um, we've out. got... Stretch, we've got Stretch of the episode. Clark is seemingly unaffected by the kryptonite serum until it spills, perhaps suggesting that the vials containing it were leaded glass. Oh. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, from Jonathan and Martha's conversation, it can be assumed Brian, that Clark develops. Yeah. Yes. Someone took time. Tex, do you have a question their... about the leaded glass? Someone took time out of their life to write that. Now mm-hmm. I know I'm the irony of I know the irony of criticizing that when I just took time out of my life to criticize it. <laughs> But I still think it's worth it. Uh, From Jonathan and Martha's conversation, it can be assumed that Clark developed super strength at age three, which I'm only reading so that we can log it so that when they (laughs) definitely contradict that at some point. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Wasn't he like three when they got him or he's two? Um, Yeah, I don't remember. I, I don't know what I'm confusing with Superman, the movie and how he appears in the Smallville pilot. Well, he appears um, he appears one age in the Smallville pilot, and then that same boy comes back to play him in flashbacks. So he's just oh, inexplicably wow. older. Well, I'll maybe get to revisit it again if we do a full commentary on the pilot uh, for our Patreon subscribers, uh, which I'm currently uh, kind of into doing. Uh, look for the link for the Patreon in our description, and uh, if if we do it, I don't know. Um. Okay, so, oh, yep, we have here during the conversation between Jason and his mother, she says, we are Gertrude's ancestors, Jason, when she should have said we are her descendants. How do you think? Do you think that was in the script that way? Or do you think she fucked up and no one caught it? Yeah, I lean towards the latter, but I'm surprised no one caught it. Right, right. I mean, maybe they caught it in the editing room and then it's just too late. Then there's nothing you can do. What were we going to do? We're an ADR. Like the show's got to go out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think that's my theory about what happened. I don't think it was in the script. Right, right. It's because so many people, so many people saw the script. (laughs) Right. And she has so many lines about ancestors in this nonsense storyline. And, you know, She's just trying to remember all right. her lines. It's totally understandable. It's, I wouldn't be surprised. Be, yeah, to be clear, the, this shit happens. If the director heard it and was like, that's mm. a wrap. We got it. <laughs> right, right. This episode has a dog, okay? Um, we got to keep going. We got to keep filming. <laughs> right. It's a, we got to make our fucking day. Um... 
Oh, this is funny. Uh, when picking up a Shelby, Lois says, Every, everyone I've ever hit is all right. Um, which I just like as a funny Lois Lane line, yeah. personally. Um, but the wiki has it as a possible allusion to the previous episode where a person she hit ended up paralyzed and died later, uh, though it turned out to be for unrelated reasons. No, I think it's just a funny Lois Lane line. No, she's talking about hit with That's her car. That's a funny thing Margot Kidder would say in Superman. She's talking about movie. hit with her car, not hit with her right. fist or right. whatever. Agreed. No, that's a funny Margot Kidder would say that in Superman the movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, in Crusade, an episode, Lois stated she's a sucker for stray dogs and naked guys. The second part alluded to her finding a naked Clark in the field. Now she followed the first part by finding a stray dog. Um, let's see. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. There's I wonder if this is on purpose. Speaking of Superman, the movie, the episode ends with the Goo Goo Dolls cover of Super Tramp's 1977 song. Give a little bit. The original can be hear, heard on Lois Lane's car radio during the climactic earthquake scene in Superman, the movie. Oh, I would guess. I guess it'd be coincidence, but an interesting yeah, one. I would guess coincidence, but um, maybe not interesting interesting if not that's a um <laughs> no not quite yeah uh let's see um okay in the comic book superman for all seasons by jeff loeb and tim sale the young clark kent has a dog named shelby this would make the sh make shelby the 19th dc comics character adapted into the series um Clark initially planned to name the new dog Crypto, which alludes to his Kryptonian dog by the same name, who appears in the Superman and Superboy comics. Despite being a dog, Crypto has all the same powers and abilities as Superman. The last scene where Shelby is dried with the red towels, an allusion to Crypto, who wore a red cape, blah, 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 blah. It's uh, funny how uh, the way comics worked in the 60s is that DC Comics was just going, I don't know, would kids buy fucking comic book if it was a fucking dog on it? And now everyone is required to go, yep, crypto's a fucking thing. I guess we does anybody want does anybody want this? That's not how they did it in the comic. <laughs> it's every every you fucking nerds, everything you take seriously was just some guy in a fucking boardroom, probably high, going, the kid's like fucking dog. Put the fucking dog in a cape and we'll see what fucking happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Superman sales are down. Give him a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, One of the names Lois suggests for the dog is Bud, the real name of the dog playing Shelby. Oh. Um, And that, that wraps up Crypto this week's episode and uh, our recap here on the talent mix. This was episode 80, 80. We've been doing this for a while, bud. We're trying uh, hey, if you're uh, enjoying the show, we of course don't expect this. This is not a guilt trip by any means. We're amazed. Anyone has, uh, but we do have a link in our description to a Patreon. Uh, we do do a bonus podcast. Uh, thank you. That's, um, just thank you. Just thank you if you decide to do that. You definitely don't have to. 
Um, I'm trying to think what else. There's also a link down there to the Discord. That's the best place to keep in touch with us because social media is exhausting and I don't want to do it. Um, so, hey, join us there. We, we goof off. We joke around. It's fun. Um, I think that wraps us up here. Zach, do you have a question for the Smallville gods? Uh, I'm trying to think of one. I mean, I guess my question would be, uh, did Jensen Eccles hate this storyline more than we do? Good night, everybody. 